0: Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scots menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scots has a mega-brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry... Pretty Green and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at ScottsMenswear.com. Oh, hello. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, <laughs> hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, how, how are we doing? here? all right? Welcome, indeed, welcome to a brand new episode of the RGM Podcast, the RGM Experience Podcast. The idea of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is for you to have an experience. <laughs> yeah, that's why we called it the RGM Experience. Basically, come and join us every week. We have a good chat. We've got a great guest. And just kick back and enjoy yourselves. It's Monday. Uh, another week of music is ahead of us. Ladies and gentlemen, today, later on, uh, well, in a bit on the podcast, we've got an amazing interview with Miles Hunt from The Wonder Stuff. Yeah. A um, little bit of a strange one for me personally this week. I have... I, I was more nervous for this one than what I think I've ever ever been for any any kind of interview ever. Um, and th- there's a reason for that. It's because I've I've been listening to to the Wonder stuff for thir- thirty years. I, I think it was thirteen. I think I was thirteen-ish, maybe twenty-nine. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, but I've been listening to band for. Long time. Um, we would. I talk about you know, like when I was thirteen, got handed this tape of the Eight Leg Groove Machine album, and then that were, that was it for me. I found a band for life. And Miles Hunt is obviously the singer of the one stuff. So so for me, it, it was almost like I had to just fucking. But when you've known about an artist for that many years, I think it's easy to, or it could be easy to, to come across as a bit familiar with with somebody you know that doesn't know you. You know what I mean? And I didn't want that to kind of happen. You know, because I've followed him on the socials, I've followed the band for 30 years, he ain't got a clue who I am. Um, but I know all the things that, that he's, I think he's ever done like, publicly, like, you know. Um, and yeah, so I, I had a bit of a job on trying to like Not be too over familiar, I think And I think I, think I accomplished that you, you could tell me if you think otherwise But I think I accomplished that um, Yeah, very nervous before this one Do you know them, them type of nerves when you when, when just everything, you know, like it's five minutes You know it's coming up And then it all, your body tells you that you're nervous Um, like everything is needed instantly you need a piss straight away you need a shit you need (laughs) your body's just telling you just just run Carl run you don't need this stress in your life like everything's going on just before the interview you know it's a bit like if you're doing a job interview or something like that you know what I mean when your body just tells you that something's going on Uh, but you've just got to kind of channel those nerves I think and Channel them, you know. Somebody told me once that nerves are something that happens before something great happens. So I always remind myself of that. And And I and I really enjoyed the chat with Miles. He has got a solo album out right now. In the link of the description of this podcast, you'll find it. And is it going to be his last album? We talk about it. Um, yeah, we we talk in depth about it. So let's see. Um, Yeah, so Miles is coming up shortly in the podcast. Um, But as always, uh, we'll have a little chat about what's going on on RGM this week. Uh, Loads of stuff going on. As always, loads of entertainment. Um, The video version of this podcast ...is on the RGM YouTube channel as well, guys. So, if you enjoy that, have a look. It's just the interview on YouTube as well, so it's so I spare you all my uh, introductions and talks... ...and sending you to the RGM website and stuff. There's none of that on the on the YouTube channel. Um, but, you know, consume this how you will. Uh, do check the archives as well. You know, if you're a Wonderstuff fan or a Miles fan and you're, and you're here for the first time, welcome, guys. Uh, do have a look through the archives. We've got some great stuff coming up. And there's loads, you know, there's over 50 interviews and conversations to uh, enjoy as well. And we really appreciate really appreciate you joining us. If you're a regular, thank you. You mean the world to us. Thank you. So, yeah, on our RGM this week, we've had loads going on. We, I attended Neighbourhood Festival uh, in Manchester, which was great. Uh, we've got a review of that on there. Uh, we'll review Andrew Cushing in Leeds. Um, the Enemy and Little Man Tate's on there. The Party the party Dinner, a brand new band to me. One of our reviewers covered them at Yes in Manchester this week. So yeah, we've got loads of content about the festival that's been out and coming out. We've got a brand new Recommends post coming out uh, featuring Friend of RGM, Megan Wynn's new single. Uh, but just in general, loads of mu- new music... Uh, coming out We've even had like in, You know After having a few Hip hop artists uh, Contact us from America We've had We've had quite a lot of Australian bands as well Contact us So we've started RGM Australia Which is basically Sharing music Wherever it happens in the world With you guys in the UK So there's different pockets of The little world uh, That are finding in RGM And what we do Which is exciting So we're going to keep You know Keep that up It's all good growth Entertainment Tuck into it guys Tuck in RGM.press Yeah, so um, back to Miles I'm going to watch him uh, at Busk in Stockport next Sunday. He's on tour ladies and gentlemen, so within the description of this podcast uh, there's a link to his tour, catch him live there's a link to his new album loads of merch in there and all if you want to enjoy it. I've got an idiot t-shirt, you might have seen it on my socials uh, big fan of the guy. I try to not be a fanboy and just be normal. I think I think I think I did it. I think I did it. But you make up your own mind. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's crack on with a guest. Today is a musical hero of mine. Ladies and gentlemen, Miles Hunt. Morning mate, how are you doing?
1: I'm very well, yeah, how are you doing coffee.
0: Yeah, fine, thanks. Yeah, I'm brilliant, thanks. So I'm just getting over an operation. I've had a I've had a little tube, a thing put in my... Because I'm getting older and, you know, the excesses of booze and that over the years. <laughs> I've had to have a little thing put around my tube to stop acid reflux coming up. So that's been nice.
1: Oh, God. All right. After a
0: few years on the pop yourself, have you had to have anything medical, mate? No, I haven't.
1: I've been very lucky. <laughs> um, I do get the old acid reflux. Yeah. Well. If I stick to the diet that I figured out about a year ago, I don't. (laughs) But if I eat bread at any point in the day, I will have crazy indigestion. So I don't really eat bread
0: anymore. Do you you still love bread though? Uh,
1: No, not for about a year and a half now. (laughs) I've been trying not to eat it and I I do other things. So, um, I don't really miss it no. but <laughs> occasionally if I'm a little bit hungover, I'm like, ah, a bit of Marmite on toast
0: won't hurt, but it does. <laughs> well, just so you know, mate, I've been a Wonderstuff fan since I was 13 and I'm 44 wow. now. I was okay. past, I was past a little red tape with 8 leg groove machine back on at school when I was 13. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I was given another ta- like well, like a box of tapes. This kid gave me loads of tapes and new music to listen to. I uh, had you. I had the wedding present on that. I'm interviewing later this week as well. So this week's it's kind of. Uh, I'm kind of like impressed with myself that I'm speaking to you guys, uh, yeah, and you're nice. joining me on the podcast. So you are very much welcome uh, to the RGM family, and we appreciate your time. here. I just wanted to start off with that.
1: Oh, uh, cool! Yeah, my pleasure.
0: Well, you know, my first experience of the band was, you know, the, the big gigs that you had back in, in back in the nineties, so the Best Scott Stadium, Phoenix Festival.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
0: how 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 would you look back on those times now when you, you know, now thirty odd years have passed and you. and and you've got this it's funny now
1: because both of those uh, gigs that you mentioned phoenix and of course were filmed Mm. and so really my memory of them is affected by the fact that of course the 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 moments themselves only lasted 90 minutes um and so my actual memories have completely faded it's it's quite weird if I see any of that footage. You know, people put those things up on social media. and it's For me, it's like looking at somebody else. It, it's not mm. like I'm looking at me. Um, and so I see them now from the perspective of having seen them filmed, really. I, I don't really yeah. remember much of them at all.
0: You know, like those big iconic stadiums have stuck with me throughout my life. And I can remember during the Phoenix Festival, you announced that this is going to be the Stuff's last ever gig back in 1994 at the time.
1: Yeah, well, that wasn't our idea because okay. we knew we, we'd split up. Yeah, um, we split up in the middle of the construction for the Modern Idiot tour, mm. so the year before. Um, mm. So we knew we were dumb. Um, and what we thought was the most sensible thing to do was not say it. Our friends knew, mm. uh, and the record company knew, um, but you, you know, we'd seen so many other bands split up and reform. We just thought we yeah. won't, we won't announce it. But then the Phoenix Festival itself, the tickets weren't going that great Mm. and word had got around. So our agent knew, our managers knew. And so Vince Power, who was the promoter on Phoenix, um, he very politely asked, you know, look, this would really help the festival out. If you announced it was your last show, we might sell some more tickets. Mm. And I, I was very much in the, well, I really don't care. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, if that helps Vince, go ahead. So that's really how it It, it didn't really come from the band. And I, I'd stop caring at that point. I just wanted yeah. a different life. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so, you know, just looking back over the times and everything and wondering, um, you know, what, what's ahead for you at that point, Is it feels like you're kind of at that kind of place in your life now with music.
1: Uh, yeah, I suppose I am. Yeah. For the second time, I want to make some changes. Yeah. Um, I think back then I, I knew that. I, I still wanted to pursue music in one form or another, whether I would go into production, whether I would form another band, uh, I sort of did both. Um, but straight away after Phoenix, I'd been offered a job at, um, MTV Europe.
0: I was going to say, yeah, because you, you turned up on MTV with no hair and everybody's like, <laughs> is yeah. it double taken? Is that, is that really Miles on?" Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah.
1: So I knew the people there quite well because I lived yeah. around the corner from the office mm. and the studios and I'd been in that MTV Europe had been incredibly supportive on, particularly on the fourth Wonder Stuff album, Construction. Mm. So I seemed like I was in there all the time anyway. And Paul King, uh, he resigned from the 120 minutes job to go over to VH1 and catalina the producer who i'd sort of got a little bit friendly with she said would you be interested and at first it wasn't anything i was interested in but i was like okay i'll go for it i won't get the job i'll I'll, I'll go for the screen test and and they offered it me like a few days later and i'm like ah shit so (laughs) a real butterfly in the stomach moment which i thought was healthy because i never i used to get anxious about going on stage with the wonder stuff i okay. still do but i'm not nervous like i'm i'm not in fear that something is going to go wrong because mm. i completely trusted in the other members of the band i thought I, I always thought we were well rehearsed enough to have the audacity to go on stage <laughs> uh, so i was never nervous but there was a certain anxiety that, that would come with it um but once i started thinking am i really going to do this mtv job i actually got very, very nervous about it. And yeah. I thought, well, I think that's a good thing. I think that's good for me. Um, so, so let's plow ahead. So I did it. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, working with the people at MTV. Mm. I never, ever got comfortable in front of the camera. I, I was hoping I would, it, but I did it for over a year yeah. and I never did. I, I, that nervousness always stayed there. And once I'm in a nervous state of mind, I can't, I can't hold onto information. So if I'm, um, interviewing a, a band or an artist um, particularly if it's a band and an art if it's a band and an artist that i love mm. the information stays in there yeah. but if it's well in the case of point of things like an elastica and I, <laughs> I just you know i i've got a terrible story about my elastica interview i fell asleep during <laughs> yeah. the interview go on let's really, kick
0: back let's get into this one
1: Absolutely true. Poor Justine Frishman is horrified. (laughs) I mean, I was incredibly hungover (laughs) and I just had no interest in the band. There was nothing about them that I thought was remotely interesting. And and so she's answering one of my piss poor questions and I nodded off. So that wasn't good. Um, And I suppose I was always nervous of, you know, I'd been in a band, so I knew what a gang mentality was to deal Mm -hmm. with. And I was very much on my own um so yeah i I never got i'm actually feeling quite jittery about even thinking about it um so yeah i um i was disappointed that i didn't take to it better they wanted me to stay yeah and they were pleased with me uh but yeah i couldn't i I just thought i can't live like this i'm a fucking nervous wreck all the time (laughs) and uh so so now um it's on under very different circumstances i suppose now Mm -hmm. um I've always enjoyed the process of making records, mm. and I think a, a, a record these days takes me about eighteen months to put it together from yeah. writing an initial bunch of ideas uh asking various musicians that I know be them members of the Wonder stuff or other friends if if they would chip in have got any ideas I like working with producers um you know trying out different things kicking ideas mm. around and but it takes a long time, and it and it ends up costing way more money <laughs> yeah. than you try. I mean, the last Wonder Stuff album cost us like I think it was about forty-five grand
0: wow.
1: to make it. And you're like, how how is it this? And you're like, oh yeah, one of them lives in Paris, one of them lives in Los <laughs> Angeles. We're in the studio for God knows how many weeks. Yeah. So you pay the producer, the engineer, and it adds up. And yeah. you've got a accommodation for everybody. So this one, I thought. Well, I ain't gonna do that. And and so the, the very disappointing thing nowadays is is spending this sort of money on records is you can't get it back. Mm. Uh people don't buy physical formats in the way that they used to. So I'm very much against streaming or the, the current um yeah. the way it currently works that seems that the record labels are fine because they just go for quantity over quality. So as long as they're just throwing loads of shit out there, whether it's new artists or or back catalogs, they're still earning. Spotify, of course, take the biggest chunk. Um, And the artists who are actually providing the content, uh, writers and musicians, Mm. we've been sold down the river by our publishers, by major record labels. No one stood up for the artists. And um, I just... I can't, uh, in all good conscience, um, I just can't join in with it. So, no in So this record's cost me about nine or ten grand. Yeah. I pulled a lot, lot of favors on this solo album, so I managed to keep it way down. So just, but it's, a, but it's yeah. unlikely I'll get that back because yeah. people. I mean, I won't put it on a streaming service. Maybe mm. in a, a year or two's time, I might. Uh, so we make physical vinyl and C- CDs to hopefully get some of that back. Yeah. Um, but, um, I you would, know, just, I, would, I was, was speaking to... We sell all of that. We sell all of those. So. I, I was
0: speaking to the Skinner Brothers, Zach, from a new band who's like, you know, just starting off just starting to get on festivals and just you know you know it's starting to happen for him it feels like and Mm -hmm. he's looking for where the money is to to make ends meet and to to pay for these shitty hotel rooms they're staying in and that kind of just so they can survive on the road and just eat while they're out there yeah Uh, and and, you know we had a chat about spotify just being this this massive monopoly Where, where where there's monopoly rules on businesses and that kind of stuff. Why isn't the one to do with streaming sites where this, this Spotify and Apple music, have got so much power over everything. Yeah. It don't, it's not right. Is it?
1: Well, and they don't create any content, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I find fascinating, yeah. but it's, it to, to me from the way I understood it, that it happened, it's entirely in the hands of the publishers and, and the record labels that that were yeah. around to allow. I understand why they did what they did, but essentially, the way I understand it is they were the labels were playing whack-a-mole basically with stream illegal streaming sites. There were yeah. just so many of them, so every so you, got, you know you had LimeWire and various other things. Yeah. So then they would get a legal team together, the labels would, and try and shut them down. And, and in most cases, Napster and the like, mm. they successfully. would just, you know, get rid of them. But as soon as you got rid of that one, another one or two or three or ten would come along. So it was a game of whack-a-mole. Like, you're hitting that one down, and here comes another one. Then Spotify came along, and rather than going live, they built their platform, stole all of the content, and then went to the labels and said, this is the deal we're offering you. And they accepted it. And the way, obviously... The labels are then like, okay, so we've got rid of manufacturing, we've got rid of um, distribution. So there's mm. huge savings for them there. And if we just buy up catalogs that become available and sign new artists for pennies, I mean, I, I know young new bands that have signed to huge names in the music mm. business, you know, EMI and, and, and the likes, uh, but they, they all have to have a, a day job the bands all still have to have a day job. I mean, we were lucky enough to come from an era where they, a label Polydor, in our case, would give you enough money to come off the dole or give up your job and concentrate entirely on the band and mm-hmm. gig your asses off and write as much as you could. But those days are well and truly over. So It's uh, so
0: depressing, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: It didn't need to change. It was a good business model. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, yeah. you bringing up like a young band that you know, for, for instance, when mm-hmm. we did our second independent single, which was Unbearable... Um, I don't know the exact numbers. It'd be less than 10,000. Let's say it's mm. about, you know, seven inches and 12 inches between three and five thousand. So you give those to a distributor. And within a month, we got enough money coming back from that to buy a van, mm. which meant we were making savings on not hiring vans yeah. so we could tour all the time. And, you know, you could become self sufficient um, in that manner. I mean, there's, arguably, there's still ways of doing it now um i was you know, pressing up those things and selling them independently but the outlets are very small uh and then bizarrely the other thing that's grown is you know it used to be two or three monthly magazines and two or three weekly uh music papers mm. and those are your outlets well there's fucking billions of them now <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: how you know if the enemy gave you a great review that had a serious yeah. effect on you? Well, now there are no sort of market leaders in that way, which in many ways is good, but there's no f- focal point for people no. to go to and go. Okay, what's the great record out this week? Well, you make your choices, don't you? It Could be your podcast, it could be somebody else's, yeah. but um, so.
0: We, we we try and model ourselves on like Louder Than War and I know yeah. I've got a lot of friends over at Louder Than War that we try and emulate our gem to be something like a bit punk and a bit, you know, trying to have a voice and trying to help as many people along the way. Um, it's just, That's kind of where we sit with it, really. And, and we, yeah. we, we try and not give and to say everything's great in the world and it's not. We try and be honest, even mm-hmm. with people that are starting off that don't like that. They're not used to that. <laughs> Because when, yeah. when they get a review, it's the friends telling them the great. Where we'll we'll be independent about it and tell them, "Look, lads, you can do better here." Type thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, like I say, there's lots of good things about it, but essentially, digitization and the internet killed yes. what was what was a great business model. Yeah. It worked, and I just think you know it's an obvious one for the tech giants to get in on and just nick stuff and, and destroy a great little industry with zero passion mm. for music or, or people's talent. And it's just a passion for making money, and of course, three minutes of music that you can stream very easily, rather than streaming a movie, it was an easy thing for them to do, and they just mm-hmm. they just raped the industry and never really gave a thought to who creates the content. Yeah, yeah well. and that that's the bit that uh, boils my piss. <laughs> so, um, so my choice to sort of knock it on the head, yeah. um, is very different. Uh, you know, for very different reasons than I did in the mid nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, what was the I'm, I'm reasons? Gonna, in the,
0: what was the reasons in the mid nineties?
1: I didn't like the success. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. We were, we were too successful. We were too busy. We were too much in uh, each other's company. Uh And I just want, what we should have done perhaps is it was offered to us from Polydor. They said, you know, we'll, we'll give you an amount of money to take an, an absolute year off. Mm. So don't go to rehearsals. Don't write, don't demo, don't gig. uh, And, and then let's, um, let's reconvene in a year. But I didn't like that idea because I knew that I would constantly, be my life hasn't really changed. It's just paused for a bit. Yeah. Uh, so I, I refused that very kind offer. Mm. Um, because they've done that with various other Polydor artists. I think the boss told me they'd done that with The Cure when, when they weren't particularly happy. It was like have a year off kind of thing. But anyway, we didn't we didn't make that choice. So, yeah. um, and the band just got. I don't care about the fucking music industry. <laughs> in you know, in so much as I don't, I don't care about competing. Yeah. Uh, and and when you got to the level that we were at, I mean we far from broke America, but we toured there a lot. And we had a decent yeah. relationship with the label, but of course they would be looking at things like you 2 in excess and going to us, well, yeah. this could be you, you know, if you really knuckle down and I'm like, it's not an aspiration I have. I, to, to me, their lives are ruined by their success. I would hate yeah. to be the guy that can't walk down the street. That, that, that,
0: that footage of you in New York playing Room 512. Yeah just like it's always it, it still remains my favorite song to this very day that song and that's when i mm. first that's when i first saw it uh, and experienced that song live you on the streets of new york just playing that song to everybody walking past
1: yeah yeah That, that, whole, yeah, that
0: that's 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 footprinted in my musical history and life oh, that nice. moment mate
1: but yeah what you're doing with something like that is um you know we did things like because we enjoyed it but mm. everything that we were doing and encouraged to do and willingly went along with is trying to build this monstrous successful beast. Mm. And I think by about 1994, I'm just like, actually, I don't want my life to be that. I I'm quite happy playing sort of 300, 500 capacity clubs. Yeah. My eye isn't on stadiums and, and enormous theatres. It was, it never was mm. but, you know, i I've never paid to go to a stadium gig. I've, I've, just i'm just not interested Mm. and when i look at like huge bands now that uh say if i have a look at glastonbury or you see stuff online and and the sets you know the lights the screens it's just preposterous (laughs) and i'm like yeah that i'm about as interested in that as i am formula one which i'm not remotely (laughs) interested in formula one it just to me it's not that's not what music's about yeah in a, for my taste anyway. Well, I, so,
0: I, I it, it, Just like, you know, the wonder stuff. I, it, I started watching the band in the 90s. I think it was the Lead Mill, the first live gig I saw, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the last time I saw you were at the Ritz the other month in Manchester. Yeah. So, like, you know, the, the energy and the performance of the band has been similar, but there's different faces there now. Mm-hmm. So, so what, you know, having, having that idea of, you know, of packing it in and stopping what's carried you on over those 30 years to keep coming back and and working hard and rehearsing with new people to keep to keep the thing going really What what's made well, you carry on
1: i like the gigging mm. I, I the gigging i probably i certainly won't stop gigging with the wonder stuff mm. i i think this is the greatest lineup that we've had in terms of musicianship and the fact that uh, you know we've we've all known each other a long long time mm. you know um but the musicianship and the personalities in the band and the age we're at it all works yeah. and, and we purely do it because we enjoy the actual playing you know it's a really nice thing to do um and it's
0: lovely to see mount back as well it was a shame yeah at the ritz when he were too ill to to play that one and, <laughs> uh, uh, course, on the last tour yeah.
1: yeah 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 that was rotten for him but he came back by the end and we'll we're,
0: we're, yeah. we're
1: tour next year uh, the UK okay. anyway, and uh, and I'm going to do acoustic shows um, next month, November and December, yeah. just to bring a little bit of attention to this record that I've made. Uh, but in terms of spending 18 months on, on another record, whether it's a solo record or a Wonder stuff record, I'm just like, there's no point. All, mm-hmm. you know, I may as well just set fire to a load of money. And yeah. I've, I've sort of always maintained that I write and create music for my pleasure like i i'm not trying to write a hit um yeah. i'm i'm not trying the the point of it is isn't to entertain people it's to entertain me and that's how i've always been that that's why i make music and you know something like the hit we had with size of a cow that just happened to be one idea and it became very popular mm-hmm. and it had you know a real sort of commercial flavour to it but when i wrote that it wasn't like Of course, Polydor were like, "Well, yeah, write another ten of (laughs) them." No way. Well, I don't know how to. That's just the song that came to me that day. It'll be a different style of song that comes to me Mm. on another day. So, um, so I've always just been making music that I want to hear, and I can continue to do that whether it's just me sitting on the sofa. Mm. With an acoustic guitar, or whether I can be asked to sit in front of the computer and build up some beats and bass lines and and all that type mm. of stuff. But I just, I'd never see myself making a commercial um, or, or releasing a record commercially again. Uh, my ego doesn't need it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, so I'll, I'll keep doing gigs when people want me to. But it, I do other things now, and I've been I've been working this summer for uh, for a local real ale brewery. Mm -hmm. uh called the three tons brewery nearby where i live i'm a uh, i totally endorse the product (laughs) and uh and so i i've been delivering barrels of beers to pubs uh three days a week and i love it you know all all around mid-wales shropshire it goes far as birmingham and Mm -hmm. places like that and i felt worthwhile it's kept me fit uh, i love the people that i see in the mornings of the afternoon at the brewery when i pick up and bring the empties back and i haven't been this content and happy for fucking years To mm. um, doing something worthwhile and um, so i'm going to take a bit of time off from that while i do these gigs but i intend to go back and do that again next yeah.
0: year well one thing i've always enjoyed is and, and, and there's not many of them because it, it sounds like you don't really like doing interviews that much or you don't seem to have done a lot through the years. But whenever I've seen you on the telly or the radio or whatever, what, one thing I've always enjoyed is how honest you are and um, how opinionated you can be as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I was talking to the lottery winners the other day and I first saw the lottery winners live supporting you at Manchester Academy with, uh, with, uh, with Erica. Mm-hmm. When you were doing yeah. your solo shows and the lottery winners were supporting you. So, so I asked, it, it, that's always been like a memory of mine, like going to gigs and stuff. So when I was speaking to Tom and that, I just said, what kind of advice have you had for Milo through the years? And he's like, Oh, he's like me dad. Yeah, he's all excited and that when, when, when your name comes up. Um, and you know, you, you had a massive impact on giving him advice. And what, what did, what, did, what advice did he give you then? What, what did he say to you? And he just said, Be yourself, man. Don't let let the bastards drag you down and (laughs) just fucking, what are these record labels say to you? Just be yourself. And it's lovely to see those guys just all over the place at the minute. Absolutely fucking enjoying every minute of their journey. Yeah.
1: I mean, they're a brilliant band. They're a wonderful Mm. bunch of characters, really talented. I think any audience they get in front of just fall in love with Tom because he's just such a wonderful character on the He's a wonderful character in real life as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I think it think it's great, but you know what I notice most of all when I'm around Tom and the rest of the people in the band is how much energy they've got, and I I just <laughs> yeah. don't have that. I you know I'm fucking 56. I don't <laughs> have that energy and drive to make music. I've been doing it all my life, you yeah. know, and I'm I'm, I'm 56, and
0: yeah.
1: I've had I've been lucky enough to have all the experiences that I ever dreamed I'd get out of it. Yeah, um, and then. I don't feel it's not in me that like I need it, that I need to keep doing it. I, do, I Like I say, that, that Wonder Stuff tour in June, other than that being ill for three mm. or four of the shows, um, brilliant. I love every second of it. I love being with the band. I, I love being on a tour bus. I love being in front of the audiences. I feel very comfortable. But if it all had to go away tomorrow, it wouldn't break my heart. It's like, Christ, I've had yeah. four decades out of this. so.
0: Do you do you feel jaded of of making no. it up through it now? No, no,
1: not yeah. at all. I, I feel very fortunate. I suppose mm. it would be the word if I was to review it all. I am yeah. incredibly fortunate to to have done it. Um, it's, uh, it's kind I, of the holy think... grail
0: to make a career out of the music industry, and it to to have gone through it. There is not many people like yourself that have survived the journey.
1: Well, yeah, there is a lot of a lot of luck involved, a mm. lot of support, uh, and particularly, you know, it's amazing the support that the wonder stuff managed to get with a singer like a mouth, you know, with a math like mine you know right. i just uh if you ask me like you said earlier if you ask me a question i'll give you my honest answer i'm yeah. not trying to hoodwink anything anybody about anything so uh we did we I, there's, there's still people in the in, industry that are uh that are powerful that would go out of their way not to do the wonder stuff a favor because of things i've said in the past but <laughs> you know, like I said, I'm not a businessman I was never trying to forge a career yep, I didn't have my eye on the prize it's all very much about what are we doing right now <laughs> and uh, yeah it's, I, I've had a good time
0: yeah yeah man and, you, and you've been really prol- prolific through the years you know all the books that you know that are all on sale now that I've been flicking through yeah uh, yeah i've got I've got all three of them cool. just fantastic yeah, I books. Doing just, that. yeah they, they were just great and they must have took a bit, a bit of time. Uh, as well, in between records and stuff, I think they took about
1: a year to write mm. all three. Yeah, uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, and that was a sort of another experiment. It wasn't just about telling the story of the Wonder stuff. There was another purpose to me writing those because, I, you know, I was kicked out of school when I was fifteen, didn't go to college or university. I've never had a steady job and a boss, and so I thought, why don't I try and write some it.
0: well you're Um, a storyteller it should come naturally shouldn't you does it feel like it should come naturally to you or
1: yeah but it it was about i didn't know whether i had the discipline to Mm. sit down from sort of nine till five every day yeah and stay on top of a project like that you know music's pretty easy because i'm always working with somebody else so you can walk away from it for a little little while while somebody else adds their fabulous ideas to it but actually sitting down and writing it was a very um, singular uh, and sort of lonely thing. And it did strange things to my head. But anyway, what I learned was, even yeah. though I have no academic thing about me, was I can sit down Monday to Friday, nine to five or nine to quarter to six because the pub opened at six <laughs> uh, and do this. And, I, and I, each book was like three months at a time and uh and every and things checking all the details of getting right and thankfully there was a lot on the on the internet to so be able to check uh, all my facts against you know i might think i was in portland oregon in february <laughs> okay. 92 but it was actually july 93. <laughs> um so so i so i proved that to myself you can do this so yeah. what i really wanted to do was i wanted to write a novel um so I did those three books, wrote about something that I knew about, which is what writer friends of mine said. And then the year after I sat down to start my novel, which in my head, I got it all. Uh, but after three chapters, I just felt like <laughs> a complete charlatan. I'm like, I'm not a writer.
0: I'm where where a writer. did you start? First day at school. First yeah. memory coming out.
1: <laughs> no, the no, the novel was like, you know, introduce the characters Yep. There were three, three main characters that are at odds with each other. <laughs> so the first chapter's that person, next chapter's that person, yeah. and then the third chapter's that person, and then, okay, chapter four, I've got to bring them together and start the narrative. Okay. And I haven't got a fucking <laughs> I'm like, how do I even do this? So uh, I abandoned that. I don't know, maybe
0: one day. I'll go maybe one to day. It, but... Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Well, one thing that I did enjoy as well um, was the – the, you did a tour during lockdown of your house <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and just watching the and you know having no else to do being a fan of the wonder stuff seeing milo pop up on facebook and say i've got i'm just i'm doing a few tunes on saturday pop along if you want to um just th- those those gigs gave so much joy to a lot of people during a shitty time How how did you find it yourself that
1: well, I certainly didn't expect what, what you just said. I, I didn't know mm. how much of uh, one of many lifelines it was, you know, yeah. Ian Prowse was doing an amazing job on Friday nights mm. on Facebook as well. And there were lots of other people doing it. And as you say, it was a shitty and strange time that none mm. of us were prepared for. Some of us had less of a di- I, I didn't have a difficult time. I, I like being on my own. Mm. I live in the middle of nowhere, uh, I've said this many times, the only thing that really changed for me was the pub shop. Mm. Um, But not all my local mates, we weren't going anywhere. And so we just met in each other's gardens. You know, I'd do that thing at two o'clock on a Saturday and then go (laughs) out to my neighbors and sit in his garden with a couple of bottles of wine. Mm. So we still kept our social thing going. so mental health wise, I was fine. Uh, it didn't interfere with any kind of work for me and then doing those things from the couch or from the kitchen or from a little studio room. Um, and then realizing Jesus Christ is like, I don't know, a thousand people Mm. watching this. So I, I got all of that connection. Nothing like that was taken away from me. I actually prefer gigging from the lounge than I do traveling around the country for (laughs) obvious reasons. Um, and
0: it weren't just old people there, old like miles like me. It were a lot of younger people there were getting involved with it and, and listening to the tunes for the first time. I, I found.
1: Well, only because their moms and dads were forcing, forcing them. It, so. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair We're watching Milo, so get off anything <laughs> else that's got an internet connection <laughs> for the next two hours. <laughs> Uh, but you're right, yeah. The, the, a lot of young people. But I, what was the, it was I would watch them back later on and, and look at the comments, you know, down the side, and mm-hmm. um, and then other people were writing to me on Messenger. Pe- few people that i would met, but other people mm-hmm. that I'd never had any contact with before. And the conditions that they were living under at that time were just fucking heartbreaking. I, yeah. I, I would sit here and be in tears reading uh, some of, you know, a, a fella died in the middle of one of my sets and his wife told me all about that. It was expected. Okay. And she wrote a beautiful note to me just saying that um, we knew he was going to go, but he went with you in the room and your music. Mm. And you're like, fucking hell, Jesus Christ, people are going through it. And so that, those sort of connections were really valuable and unexpected and really surprised me how, how much we were helping each other out
0: really yeah you, you, you've got to be proud of that mate i, I, I just think you know that just people that go out of the way to do those type of things like uh john mcclaw did quite a lot of that kind of stuff and Reverend the makers similar kind of stuff and had similar reactions and uh-huh. it was just uh, uh you know it, it helped me at the time mate so yeah thank you oh
1: mate thank you it was uh it was a big spread. Well, my idea, it was my buddy, Phil Birchard, who mm. does our artwork and designed all the book uh, artwork. Um, he was like, he'd seen someone do it. I don't think Prowsy had quite started then. And Phil was like, you should be doing this. And I'm like, I don't know. And i still got all the anxiety like I do mm. on a gig day, but yeah. in my own house and... And then the way people – I was walking through Shrewsbury the day before yesterday and a, a, a guy walked towards me and just went, the Winkster! And start, <laughs> started playing with my dog. And he goes, yeah, and he's rock star friend. And just played with Winks and then wandered yeah. off. And I'm like, what just happened? And I'm like, oh, of course, the Winkster was always there yeah. on those Facebook things. So that's, you know, really sweet. Um, but, yeah, it's my pal Phil's idea, but I was, I was really glad I did it. I was really yeah. glad I did it,
0: yeah. Yeah, man. So – the last ever solo album by Miles Hunt then. So the solo album comes out on the 7th of October. I'm putting a link in the description for people to pop onto their Wonder Stuff store and treat themselves mm-hmm. to it. Um, the tour starts on the 15th of October. I'm coming to the Bass gig in Stockport. Okay. I'm coming to listen to a few tunes, mate. Really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I listened, uh, Tom uh, uh, from your team sent me the album to have a listen to yesterday and I had a really good listen to it and he sent me some information from you as well like a note from you that i read after and that's when i first learned that this could potentially be your last album i i read i read that as like your last uh, last voyage into music i know you mentioned earlier you might still do wonderful things but is it but it kind of changed i had to go back and listen to the album again when i realized it could be your last ever one and it mm-hmm. changed the way i felt about the album when i listened to it again Um, And on the cover of it, you've got your arms out looking for a hug, it looks like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think it looks like me falling away.
0: Oh, okay. Fair enough. Right. And
1: then the guys at work, because I've been moving these nine-gallon barrels around, they said, (laughs) you should have put a barrel on the back. It looks like you're catching a barrel in a pub cellar.
0: (laughs) Well, I I listened to it the first time thinking, you know, the album's called Things Can Change, thinking this is going to be more optimistic. You know, Miles is back. He's got this album. He's going to be all optimistic. Uh, So I listened to it, like, with optimism in my eyes and then i read the note before i listened to it again thinking this could be the last one and you I, think it it op- I think it is i think it is optimistic because yeah.
1: all i'm doing is welcoming change Yeah. You know?
0: okay sure
1: that, that that's it so you know the opening song when i wrote i think the opening song was the for, first song i wrote for it, it's it's, mm. it's called i used to want it all mm. which is really true you know i i used to live eat breathe shit the wonder stuff you know mm. it was the only thing that was ever on my mind all my poor ex-girlfriends all all got sidelined <laughs> you know the wonder stuff came first um and so that was how i lived very selfishly all the music has been for me yeah uh, i'm really glad that other people have enjoyed it I guess it would have all been pointless other than entertaining myself mm. and um but I don't feel like that anymore. I don't, you know, I walk four or five miles every day with my dog. And even up until 12 months ago, there were, there's always song ideas in my head. There's always beats in my head. There's always little lyric ideas and melodies and I'm always grabbing the phone and, and the little voice recorder and, and so, you know, idea for song. Da, 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 this is what I'm thinking. This is what I've got. Um, And I haven't done that for over a year. I just don't. It seems to have very naturally left me. And now whether that's forever or whether that's just for a shorter period of time, uh, that remains to be seen. But at the moment, and I've been feeling like this for a year. um, Yeah, I just it's. It's good. It's good. Things have changed for me. There's a lot of of other things I want to change. I want the Tory party gone. Yeah, me too. You know, (laughs) I I want the horrible atmosphere of our part of the world to change into something more optimistic and better for people. Well,
0: in in your notes, Miles, you said we're going to be called Everything's (laughs) Worst.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause me, me and my friends, everything's worse. That's what we would keep saying to each other. Yeah. yeah. And we were talking about whatever subject it would be, but everything's worse. Right. Yeah, and that okay. was the working title for the album yeah. originally. Like, I'll make an album because everything's worse. Cause I truly <laughs> believe that. And, uh, and then as I got into the songwriting, I'm like, well, they're not miserable songs and, and the music, the, you know, the tone of the music isn't yeah. depressing. I think it's still as uplifting as anything else I've ever written. You know what you know
0: what I, I I really adored the song Friendly Company when that came out on oh no, it's yeah. a wonderful album. I got that kind of vibe of the new album. That that kind okay. of that kind of optimism and, you know Yeah. Like brightness to the to the music and that kind of yeah. stuff. That, that's where yeah. I found
1: That's one of my favourites, Friendly Company. I love mm. it, you know. Yeah. Um I, I'm not sure there's anything on there so quite purposefully poppy. But yeah, it's um I, I don't think there's anything grim about the record. I think it is if you just read the little bio note that I wrote, yeah. that you, you can listen to it with different ears, you know. Yeah. Mm.
0: Well, I, I liked it in my sights, because you, you talk about, you know, there's there's plenty of worse people than you in the world.
1: Yeah, uh, the morning exactly.
0: brings a new light and all that kind of stuff. So there there is optimism there. Yeah. I just, thought, I just felt a little bit sad when I read the notes after and said, mm, no more Milo, Okay. Yeah, I mean as we've heard it before, but uh, even let's see how it goes. <laughs> oh, gig, I just I can't be asked to make
1: records anymore. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like there's any point.
0: Well, whichever way you go with your decision, mate, it's always it's been a pleasure to have your music in my life throughout my you know forty odd years on this planet. Um, is there anything you want to say to the people that are considering coming to see you live or buying your album that haven't pressed the button yet?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean I'm not going out doing an album tour. It's not pushing all these new songs i'll do two maybe three uh from the new album but like the little set list idea i've got the minute starts with unbearable and a wish away and uh i just take people through a a little walk down memory lane of songs from the last 30 or 40 years um yeah just me doing acoustic telling me stupid little anecdotes in between songs so i always welcome it when people yeah. shut the fuck up yes um, <laughs> i've been there having. when you've told people
0: to do that and uh, you might have even told me to do that once at some point uh,
1: well that was the pleasure of doing the gigs <laughs> from home
0: yeah oh, you yeah, know okay.
1: people might have been talking to each other on, on the uh, the message board yeah. but i couldn't hear them and that's just how i like it
0: <laughs> just how you like it
1: and uh, and then yeah and then we'll be selling i don't know if there'll be any vinyl left or i think we've yeah. done very very well on the pre-orders mm. but there might be some of the first few gigs and the cds and then i'm always happy to hang out at the little merch table and yeah. say hello shake a paw take a picture all of that so yeah
0: yeah well miles if you don't mind i'll put a pint in front of you in stockport when i come and see you and really appreciate <laughs> you for spending this time with us on the rgm podcast um thanks mate thanks for thanks for thanks for everything you've done and created no, over the years. It's, it's meant the world to me, mate. Thank you. Oh,
1: thank you. It's very cool of you to say so.
0: Cheers, pal. Yeah, thanks, Miles. Thanks for joining us, mate. That was very enjoyable. A very enjoyable moment for me in my own little uh, life, personally. I hope you enjoyed it too, now listening on the podcast. Really appreciate you again joining us. So what you got coming up this week? Hmm? yeah Oh. I'm, I'm reacting to y- you telling me what you're doing this week oh oh god yeah Yep. so <laughs> thanks for joining us for I don't know what I'm doing I'm a bit giggly and a bit fanboy aren't I uh, but yeah I hope you have a great week music ahead of you whatever you're doing this week over the next few days if you find a new band and you're enjoying them and you want to share them tag us into the socials we'll share again on RGM it's what it's all about delve into the archives of the podcast there's over 50 guests Um, just in this series alone there's there's three series before that as well to tuck into Um, loads of stuff going on all the time it's great isn't it, I love it Keeps uh, keeps me out of trouble I suppose check out the video versions of this podcast on YouTube be the first to know about what's going on on the podcast at RGM Pod on Twitter um, and yeah, we'll see you again for another episode sometime hope you're having a great drive to work or you're having a great bus journey and you've got us in your earphones and you're, uh, you're just doing whatever you humans do out there it's always a pleasure tell your friends about us oh I've heard this podcast pop it onto your whatsapp group share it back thanks for joining us ladies gentlemen my name's been Carl Maloney this has been another episode of the RGM podcast the RGM experience podcast and we will see you soon guys take it away toodaloo welcome to RGM are you in a band come and join us simply click on the RGM submission page Submit your music And we'll sort the rest Be a part of it with Scotts menswear The go-to destination for sports fashion With a reputation spanning over 30 years Scotts has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green and many more Here at RGM we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at ScotsMenswear.com. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback, and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe, tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support, and we'll see you next week.